Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 307, covering Fury and Lifeline. Hi, friends. Matt got me doing my H. John Benjamin impression. And I, Lin, Lin, Linda. I can't stop. Linda, no. <laughs> don't, also, don't, it, don't, don't do this. I'm, I'm still a little under the weather, so it's a little, it, it yeah. comes a little more easily to me. It's easier this way. Oh, my yeah. God. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my God. Teddy? <laughs> I, although, as you have said, I, for some reason, I can do Bob Belcher, but I can't do uh, Archer. Yeah, you can do Bob, but you can't do Archer, and it baffles me. That but it's also true. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. Nope. But, all right, whatever. Uh, so, this week's... Oh, yeah, they sucked. Yeah, they... Yeah. I mean, if they, hey, prove me wrong, children. I like the one on the back end. Did you? Which, yeah. I did not, but... We'll I mean, that's that. fair. I can understand why that is. I will say neither of these episodes were like the standard formula, like, uh, this here... Okay, and this happens in the third act, and this mm-hmm. happens, like... For Voyager, I mean. I got. I, I mean, got it wasn't some... a dream, so I'll give him that. The first one kind of was. Oh God, yeah, no, it was. It was the. It was worse. It was a time travel dream. Yeah, let me let me hip you to the jive that is Fury, and I'm talking slowly because I'm waiting for the document to hear. You're me. calling. Uh, this is Legends of Vulcan Fury, right? The canceled Star Trek original series game from 1997, right? Uh, I was not aware of that. What is that? Uh, it was, uh, oh god, I, so 1997, they were releasing an advent, they wanted to put out a uh, Star Trek adventure game, it was called, like, Secrets of Vulcan Fury. Or so something. it was, like, the, like the, in this style of, like, 25th anniversary? That's the thing, I don't know, because, like, so little of it actually got, oh. like, got leaked to the public. Like, there were pictures, there were really nice, like, high, high graphics for the time, right. uh, screenshots, and apparently they had gotten all the cast were gonna come back and do voices for it. Sure. And then it just got canceled. Oh, man. Is that one of those things that are, that's like, uh, you know, an urban legend now or like? Well, I mean, urban legend in that I saw pictures of it in PC Gamer. So you, you saw pictures of it that your dad who works at Nintendo showed you. Oh, God, I wish my dad worked at Nintendo. <laughs> when my dad was my dad was uh, out of work for a fair, fair chunk of like a couple of years in my childhood. And there was a Nintendo affiliate not far from our house that we would drive past occasionally. I was like, Dad, have you tried working there? Yeah. Did you, did you put in any applications? Did you call them? You, Dad, you gotta I'm call eight. Them. Dad, I'm eight, and there is nothing cooler than you working there. I'm just imagining eight-year-old Matt doing that thing that people do when people don't get jobs. Well, have you have you given them your resume? Remember, you got you remember you got to call call around so they know you're interested. Send them a thank you note after your interview. Oh my God! You sound like my grandfather. Yeah, see, that's, that's that's what I'm saying. But the, you're never gonna, you're never gonna get anywhere if you don't get if you don't get out there and beat pavement. But the joke is, you you know, an eight year old is saying it all. Yes. But you sound like someone's grandfather. Ugh. All Ugh. right. Getting no. flashbacks here now. Ooh. Anyway, it's not that fury. It's just fury. Let me tell you about it. Hey, Kess is back. Remember Kess? Everyone told us we'd hate Kess, but they were wrong. So naturally, she left the show so we could keep hating, keep having Harry. Remember Harry? Everyone told us we'd hate him, and they were right. So yeah, Kess is back, and she looks like a badass old witch lady, so I don't completely hate where this is going, except then she goes back in time, so forget I said that. Yes, once again, Voyager has decided that the most interesting place to visit is itself in Season 1. So once she kills Balana, instantly signaling to us that nothing that's about to happen is going to matter at all, she goes there. Then. Whatever. Old witchy Kess is determined to correct the life that Voyager ruined for her by sending young, less witchy Kess back to her home planet. Only because nobody who writes this show understands how time works, Tuvok somehow remembers the future, and eventually convinces Janeway to stop future Kess, which she does. Back in the future that is the present that is also the future, old witchy Kess shows up to do it all again, only this time she didn't kill Balana. What? You mean that main character I watched die is actually fine? What are the odds? Literally one-to-one? Okay, why am I yelling? 
And Kate and Tuvok, remembering that their past selves remembered the future, talked Kess out of doing all this dumb crap by causing her to remember that she already did that. This may easily be the most Voyager episode we have ever covered. Okay, can I just get right, launched right into my bad thing? Oh, please I think do. It's, it's, I think it's the main, yeah. pro- my main problem with this episode. Absolutely. This episode's a fucking disservice to the character of Cass. Yeah. Like, when she left, she was going off to be an interdimensional space Wesley or whatever. Yeah, she got the Wesley send-off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, where you become too magical to be on the show or whatever. Uh-huh. Fine. But but you know science to the point where it's no longer science. It's magic and time and space and mind become one, whatever the uh, fuck that yeah. means. You, you guys can't see it, but I am making the wanky-wanky gesture. Oh, I can. <sighs> anyway, so she comes back and wants to kill everyone for some reason? Mm-hmm. And doesn't remember her time on Voyager for some reason? Like, it'd almost be better if they had made her have, like, space dementia or something because she was old. But no, there's no reason for it. Like, Kes spent, like, three or four mostly pretty happy years on Voyager when Neelix wasn't skulking around. <laughs> Just having her come back piss- pissed off for no reason is such a waste to that character and gives her a really shitty ending. Like, this show ends, like... And I assume this is the last we're going to see of the character. The show ends with her sadly being packed up onto a spaceship and sent for home. That's so depressing for a character that, like, we spent a lot of time with and I really liked, like, right up until she left. Yeah, and I know not everyone did. That's one of the things I alluded to in my summary. But I, we did. We liked yeah. her. And something Amanda pointed out is she was the most Star Trek in the sense of, wow, we're out here and sense of wonder and, and let's see what there is to explore. And and she was like the first one to treat the doctor like a person and not yeah. like a hologram. Like she had that nice childlike, without being beating you over the head with it, she had that nice childlike sense of wonder that isn't bad to have in a Star Trek show. And to have her come back and for all of that to be gone and for her to just be pissed off for literally no reason. They never, like, there's a line about how she had like a couple of rough years or something after she left, but... Nothing that justifies this. No, it's a huge retcon because it basically says now the way I see it, you kept me here against my will. I have a very short life and I wasted it with you and now I'm mad. And like, what? No. Yeah. We watched we watched this all unfold and she's like, yeah, I'll go with you. My like putting aside our feelings for Neelix, her motivation was my boyfriend's going with you, so I mm-hmm. better go. And. Uh, where I live is a shithole, so why don't I go see some other stuff with my boyfriend? Yeah, like Okampus. I don't yeah. know if you guys remember or not, but Okampus sucks. It's a big mall. Yeah, uh, it was a big mall terrorized by Kazon, and how low in the pecking order do you have to be to be terrorized by the Kazon? Oh God, remember that? That was their like that was their main predator, their main villain. Yep, fucking so. Kazon hanging around outside of their mall, smoking. Like, that's. that's- <laughs> smoking Marlboro lights that they have rolled up inside one of their sleeves. Let's be <laughs> just, clear. Just yelling at the poor Ocampus who are trying to get back inside of the mall. <laughs> yeah, that feels about Hey, how's it going? Trying to get back into your mall? Well, too bad. <laughs> hey, 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 there's a toll. <laughs> Jimmy, get over here. No, Jimmy Jim Kazon. Also, I don't know if I made this clear or not in my constant uh, references to the Kazon as rednecks, but I also uh-huh. believe them all to be in the same family. <laughs> well, I mean, that kind of goes along with the cartoon hillbilly. You know, like, you know, like the Beagle Boys. Right. There's like, I, I mean, one, just... there's like one Ma Kazon and no, see, all the I... rest of them are, are kids. Well, they talked about there being different sects of the Kazon, and I'm always careful to say sects. And not sex of the Kazon, because that's a different thing. That's also a 1997 uh, video game that never came out. (laughs) Thank goodness for that. (laughs) The the, the stargazing sequel to Drive-In. Oh, God. No, it's um, like they always talked about there being different like clans. They call them sects of of the Kazon. Sure. Like that maybe each one of those was a giant hillbilly family. Yeah, that makes sense. And so there's only like six families in the entire, you know, empire. Anyway, yes, the Kazon. The, yes, the proud Kazon Empire. The, the Kazon can't hurt us anymore. Is the point? Uh, it would be a confederacy, also, by the way. Oh yeah, I was worried the they would. I was worried they would, but no, we had the uh, the. No, Vidians. we got the Vidians, which I always like. enjoyed. Yeah, and I don't. I couldn't tell if we were in the middle of a real episode that happened, or just one of those sort of in between adventures. Doesn't really matter. Yeah, not but, really. But the, the Voyager was fighting the Vidians while Old Kess was, you know, messing with stuff in the past. Mm-hmm. And okay, yeah, you're right. It is a disservice. I I would say writing her off hastily in the first place was also a disservice. I would agree with that. 
It's not like Tasha Yar where they felt like they gave her a shitty death and brought her back to give her a better death. Mm -hmm. Like, because really, you didn't need to bring Kess back at all. Like, I get why they did. Like, hey, we could could give you another gig here. And uh, we feel a little bad about letting you go. Like, it's not our fault. Uh, Tiger Beat made its... uh, inalterable declaration and you if there's one thing about star trek it's that we do what tiger beat says yeah it's been in the contract since the 60s it's weird because there was no tiger beat back then yeah wait maybe there was just a tiger with a bongo trump (laughs) but like tiger i want to come to the club tonight but (laughs) ah i get why you would uh you, you would bring your you know your character that you wrote out back like that's that can be okay in theory I can I can I can picture it so perfectly. Just the writers' room for Voyager. They're like, uh, we should do an episode where Kess comes back this season. We're all, you know, we've only got one year year left. We might as well yeah. bring her back, see what she's doing. Yeah, wh- wh- what if we make her come back and be a bad guy? Well, this Whoa. is it's it's super nineties. It's uh-huh. super like like I didn't want the power you gave me. Now the blood apocalypse. It's also a super shitty comic book. Wow, well, that's kind of those those things are synonymous in my brain, Matt. That's true. I know you read enough good comics in the 90s that you can think of the 90s as, you know, okay for comics. But sure, uh, that was not my experience. For me, it'll always be snarling X-Men. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Ooh. that's it, it very much had that feel, too. It had the feel of that sort of mid to late 90s snarling X-Men going back in time because someone ruined your life, kind of. And I, I say X-Men to sort of cover... Like, all those image comics, there was a bunch of DC stuff, too. Like, that, that was the vibe in comics, was this wholesome character is now angry. Yep. And that's Kess in a nutshell. She's, she's like, the gritty reboot of Kess. Ugh. Yeah. What about yeah, no, I just get, The more I talk about this, the more angry I'm getting about it. Oh, well, it's, you know, I, the big thing for me, this is my bad thing, this is yet another time travel story where we get to kill people who don't stay dead. And mm-hmm. 90% of the story ended up not actually happening. Seriously, fuck your no-stakes episode, Voyager, and fuck tachyons in specific. Mm-hmm. Like, it was all tachyons. It was all, yep. oh, well, she she touched the warp field and tachyons brought her back in time. Ooh, no. shut up. It's like, what? Now you're just making shit up, Voyager. Well, and I, not I, just I, in the way you yeah. normally make shit up. <laughs> it's... Uh... Well, first of all, because she has magic powers, which we're willing to overlook if they get on with it, Mm -hmm. like, uh, because she has magic powers, magic touching the warp field means you can travel back in time? I I don't know, whatever. But, like, I meant what I said, that this is the most Voyager story ever, like, doing a bunch of crap that doesn't matter, going Mm -hmm. back in time for no reason at all, then doing a time thing. Like, how did Tuvok know, like, how did he remember the future? Oh, that really pissed. Me. Okay, that so doesn't make sense. The, they they first lead to it when when he's like he's like we should take the Delta Flyer and whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute, the Delta Flyer doesn't exist yet. And they're like, hey, the Delta Flyer doesn't exist yet. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, Tuvok went back in time. That is exactly what I thought. I thought, oh, they somehow she brought them both back. And all, I mean that made sense too when like he he gives her the stink eye on the bridge at some point. Yeah. It's like That's I know fine. you're up to something, Kess. Yeah. But no, fucking. They're getting. It's contemporary Tuvok. It's Tuvok of that time period. But no, instead they're remembering. They're remembering shit from the future. What? Yeah, and fuck I, you, Voyager. Is it, is it because Vulcans are kind of telepathic? Is that why? I guess that He's doesn't like, make it. No, I'm sorry. That doesn't make any sense. Like that may uh, that leads into like a whole destiny thing or whatever, where you have to like. You have to be that that character has to be remembering a specific timeline that is they're on for it. Yeah, my, it has my, to happen or you can't remember it. My skull is literally splitting apart right now. No, it's it's just causality. It's just if if you're going if if a future is a thing that you definitely can see, then that has to happen or else you can't see it. That's all. Anyway, it's fucking stupid. Yeah. It's fucking stupid and it would have been way easier to just have ah, fucking Tuvok came back in time well, too. He's somehow. The, He's the security guy. How hard would it be for him to be the one chasing her where she shouldn't be mm-hmm. and then accidentally getting sucked through whatever dumb time thing she did? <sighs> like that. There you go. There that that puts him in the past real easy. And then we could stick Tuvok in a vegetable crisper, too. Yeah, because the problem there then is you have two Tuvoks or four two, Vok. Two, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like Forval. <laughs> Tuvok will stab you. <laughs> now, um, I, the thing is, there will be t- there were two Kesses there, and so I thought she killed 
the younger cast, but she just like made her unconscious and hid her away, as as Matt says, in in the crisper drawer, <laughs> where she lost her privileges. <laughs> and um, and yeah, if Tuvok had gone back, then he would have had to do something with his alternate self as well, and that gets. But I mean, that's weird. the easiest thing in the world. You'd fucking hypo the guy and then stick him in his quarters and put a "Do Not Disturb" sign on there. <laughs> But then oh, Harry Kim and Paris sneak in later because, of course, they're going to disturb. Oh yeah, while he's no, that just means disturb. Sign up. That just means disturb to them. Hey, you doing something religious in here? Well, here's a clown horn. Yep, we stole it from Neelix. We got a Ferengi fart machine for you. <laughs> Those guys fart through their ears. Of course, they do everything through their ears. Yeah, exactly. No, I just like the whole Todd dumb time travel thing and Tuvok remembering the future doesn't make any sense. And again, I want to be very clear about this. I said this already, but I'm still like Balana dies and it happens super early in the episode. And as soon as that happens, I check yep. out because Balana's not going to stay dead. One, I saw the finale back in the day and I know she's still alive, too. I assume if they suddenly just killed off Bellana Torres, I would have heard about it at some point. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know all of the plot points to come, but I would have heard that one probably. Yeah, plus they can't kill off Bellana. They need her for plots. To hold up this table leg. There you go. At this point, that's, that is what Bellana, I, I, I'm sad to say that, but mm -hmm. uh, we've said before, she's been a bit underused lately, and yeah. Yeah. That, that might just be a, they might, that might just be a, a funk though. Like they might come back out of that. I like, hope so. Cause she's not, I still really like that character. Well, a lot. She's not unsavable at this point. No, nope. it's not like they've ruined her. They just haven't used her enough. And if a couple of good episodes with her in season seven would make it fine again, I can pretty much guarantee. I know how they're going to make that character interesting for season seven. Yeah. I think we've already heard a little about that. Yeah. So, I mean, she and Tom are probably going to be hooked up permanently is a thing that I'm pretty sure is going to happen. Mm -hmm. We all anyway. know what happens then. Yeah. Um, well, first comes love. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know the rest. Then comes marriage in an alternate reality that never actually happened. Yeah. But really, anytime you, you kill a character in the first act, it's like none of this, it's like it's all going to get undone. Mm -hmm. So why do I give a fuck? And th yeah. there have been exceptions to this. I mean, technically, yesterday's Enterprise never happened. But that is mm -hmm. like, that is the exemplary, like, okay, you did it right once or twice. But for the most part, because I, I have this argument a lot, and occasionally people will say, yeah, but you liked Yesterday's Enterprise. You liked uh, Far Beyond the Stars, which yeah. I guess didn't happen either. Yeah, but those yeah, are but so great character-driven episodes that it that that overpowers the fact that it's still kind of a hack device. Yeah, no, they, like, you can get away with doing that, but you you better have a fuck of a good script. That's what I'm saying. Is like, like, Far Beyond the Stars is one of the best DS9 episodes. It's one of the best Star Trek episodes, yeah, honestly. Yeah, technically it didn't happen. Technically yeah. that whole thing was a dream. And, mm -hmm. yeah, on the surface, I should hate that, but... Because it was so powerful and overwhelmingly character driven and still kind of relevant to what was happening to our characters week to week, I was invested in it. That mm -hmm. it has to be amazing. And whenever Voyager kills off a main character and goes to some reality that doesn't matter, I've yet to see an, an ensuing episode that makes me care. Voyager doesn't really do amazing for the most part. There have been a couple of very, very good episodes. Yeah, no, I'm not going to say that there haven't been, but. It's not really a thing they sort of aspire to so much as, well, we did an adequate job. Yeah. Hey, we got another one out. That yep. is the important thing. We we are committed to doing 26 episodes a year or whatever it is. And so damn it. We're probably we did all do 26. That. I mean, you know, 23 of them whatever. were previous episodes that we just did a find and replace on. Sure. <laughs> replace Picard with Janeway. Done. And send. Yep. Um... We did it again, guys. <laughs> now let's suck our own dicks and write about it for memory alpha. There you go. Yeah. That's the Voyager way. Yeah. No, and the thing is, coming back to Kess, and even the as going as far as Kess being a little bitter, mm -hmm. I don't mind that. Like, because it, it's it reminds me of, say, the mirror universe, where originally Kirk wrote off into the sunset, everything's great. And then mm -hmm. you come back to it, it was like, oh, everything's not great. Like, yeah, no, that following up on what you think is a happy ending and realizing things went wrong, that that can be OK. Yeah. If they just focused on that, if the, mm -hmm. if the whole episode had been her not going back in time, but being angry and and confronting the crew and them sort of arguing in favor of, no, your time here was good. What's wrong with you? And no fucking think. Think of how good an episode where she comes back because she's dying. Yeah. 
and know, she's like, well at the end of of you know the uh, the Ocampa lifespan. Yeah, so like we're coming up on we're basically coming up on her seven years, right? And she's like, yeah, no, I've and I came back to Voyager to die, but I fucking hate all of you, right? And then it's then it's an entire episode of super like super positive, uh, uh, optimistic Star Trek of here's what it means to be human. Here's what you taught us all about ourselves and yeah. exploring and and the human condition and and that's why your life is great. Yeah, and you know that sounds schmaltzy like as, as an outline, but I guarantee a good they writer can, can pick that work. up and, and make that great. Definitely yeah. better than this. Yeah, this is Which, ugh. How many times have we now seriously revisited the first season, like caused Kate Mulgrew to have to put her hair back up into a bun? They love the first season so much, and I do not understand it. No, it's it's an interesting trick to do occasionally. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's like, hey, we loved when Next Gen did this in All Good Things. Let's do it a lot. Yeah, let's do it every week. Yeah, and, and Mulgrew is like, oh, I finally got my hair so that I'm not embarrassed to be in promo shots. And you want me to put it back up? Yeah. Again? Yeah. And, and I, on the other hand, that is your visual signal that we're in the past. It's the past. You just get out. You, you don't need a tricorder. Just look over at Kate's head. But it's also, they, you know, they always make a point of say, having someone be like, oh, yeah. And also, we've been in the Delta Quadrant for, oh, yeah, six months. days now. Yep. Which they've done so many times. Mm-hmm. We went back to the just before they launched the ship not too long ago. And we we just keep doing it, and it's it's yeah, just enough. <laughs> the last episode of this show is going to be cutting back to uh, 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 caretaker, and like eight voyagers are just crashing into each other. <laughs> the thing is, again, I have seen the finale. There is some time travel. Son of a bitch! Of course, there fucking is. I won't. Uh, if you don't know how, I'm. I won't spoil it for you. But uh, there, there's uh, time we, travel heavily features into the finale. What if the bored children dreamed us back in time to never have been in Voyager in the first place, and a magic cat showed up out of Tuvok's vision quests and and gave you a cake that looks like it's made of like goopy wax. <laughs> that fucking cake. I, I fucking. <laughs> It, that cake. it makes another appearance in this episode, which is actually like my good thing. Mm-hmm. There's there's this opening scene and and Mulgrew plays it really well because you can fumble this because it's kind of a cheap joke and it's real easy to mess it up. But she's angrily confronting Tuvok. I, I've been doing a lot of research and interviewing a lot of people and I finally discovered a secret that you've been keeping from me for years. And it's like, what What are you talking? I mean, you know, he does his Tuvaki best sure. to, to look like, like Tim Russ does a good job of staying Vulcan, but also looking nervous at the same time. Sure. And she's, then she, like, her back is turned and she's at the replicator and she hands him that ridiculous, stupid cake and says, happy mm-hmm. birthday. And it's cute. It's a yeah. cute little character thing. And I, I like the, the, what do you, it's traditional to blow out the candles. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not doing that. What do you, you think I'm going to do that? And then he does it anyway. Cause it was he, a fire hazard. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he's a big softy. Yeah. That was a cute scene. And and she's like, no, I'm not going to tell the rest of the crew. I'm not going to embarrass you. This is between me and you. We're BFF and uh, it's your birthday. Happy birthday, man. And I like that because coming up on the big three digits, which I liked a lot. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah. Um, And then we came back in time and did it again. And that mm. made it less cute. Yeah, they really stretched that scene out. That's that the Enterprise is exploding again thing where it's like cool to watch once and then. Oh, good. OK, I get it. Me. No, stop it. Yeah. But. You know, like that that scene in and of itself was cute mm-hmm. up to and including when she's called to the bridge and, and Mulgrew gives this perfect disappointed look like I can't, oh. I can't have five minutes with my friend. Really? This better be good, Harry. Oh, it isn't. Oh, well, I don't know what like, I was expecting. Cass is back. Oh, OK. Is she mad? She is. Son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. For some reason. I did like the look of evil Cass. I, I, oh, yeah. I briefly touched on this. She totally looks like like a witch. Like she's mm-hmm. got this long, dark, flowy dress, and they they even go as far as to shoot her, like sort of barreling down the uh, the corridors, like shooting stuff with lightning. And it's like I'm not a huge fantasy slash horror guy. I'm just like I like some stuff, but I'm yeah. not. That's not my genre. But she looked like you know a, a witch that's coming to fuck you up, and it doesn't usually work for me in Star Trek, but it worked for me here, and I like it. Was it. look good. It was the the slow walk while everything explodes behind you thing, which I like a lot. Yeah, I mean that's it's way overplayed now, but back in like two thousand or whenever this was, sure. it wasn't quite the cliche just yet. But the look of her, really, and I mm. and I'll give Jennifer Leanne some credit. Like she, old Cass was a very different character from young Cass. Yes, 
very different. I mean, putting the script aside, just her yes. performance. Like, oh, yeah. she, she definitely, just in her face, in the way she moved, like, she felt like a very different character. And that's, you know, anytime you get to act, like an actor having to play against themselves, and we'll see mm. that again in the next episode, you want them to make the two people different, you know? Yeah. So, uh, what else? <clears throat> Have a look at my notes here. Um, uh, Ensign Wildman showed back up. Yeah, Ensign Wildman showed up basically to just be like, yeah, it's season, uh, it's season one. And I, I mean, I know she's still alive because every now and then Naomi will mention her mother. Yeah. But it was weird that that signal that we were in the past. I think Carrie was there too. Oh, yeah. There was a curly haired dude in engineering and I don't even think they addressed him by name, but I think that was another like sort of subtle way for them to show us. Hey, remember when we focused on these characters who aren't dead or gone, but we don't they talk just about aren't them around. Anymore. They don't have adventures anymore. Yeah, that this is back when we still cared about these guys. Sorry, Anson Wildman, but your daughter is way more interesting. than you <laughs> Yeah, are. you got replaced by your daughter, even though, you know, keeping you in there would would make her stories interesting. Mm hmm. Like, I mean, Alexander's cool, but Alexander and Worf was way better. Yep. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, I did also like um. There's a there's a point where and we've said this about Voyager before. This is one of those things we like about Voyager. Kate does not disbelieve Tuvok for very long. Kate sure. is all about this is some weird Star Trek shit. Let's check it out. And that's that's the thing I'm talking about that we like is there's not those two acts of disbelief and having to sneak around. If you tell someone my mind went back in time, the captain will say, well, let's explore that because that is a possibility. Yep. And I like that. And uh, Kate's uh, solution to Tuvok is seeing weird shit from the future is like he's seeing stuff that's not there is she sets the computer's uh, uh, sensors around Tuvok to super sensitivity. Mm -hmm. So is he hallucinating or are there actually objects in front of him? And like, I like that. I like that she's got this sort of technological solution to, okay, you know what? I won't believe it until I see it, but I'm going to turn the cameras way up so I can see it. That that was cool. I like that. Yeah. No, and again, I agree. It's, it's that it's that not falling into the usual. I don't believe you like that. That whole diversion of a plot that just takes up time. Mm -hmm. uh, what else? Uh, good Vidian makeup. Yep. Guy shows up. Looks like someone stapled an ear to his nose. I mean, that's their look. Yep. That is the Vidian aesthetic. Yep. Nice job. Yeah. Good work, leather. Good work, Leatherface. <laughs> uh, oh, and the thing that really bothered me, and I touched on this in my summary as well, is okay. So they got young Cass, yes, to record a message to herself saying, "Please don't go back in time. I'm happy. I made a good decision. I'm everything's cool. Just, just chill out." Yeah. And old Cass watches the message, and then after having seen it, remembers having recorded it. Yeah. Like what? all this time, she didn't remember having already seen her old self, realizing that that was a mistake and then not doing it the second time. She had to see this. Ah. It's not good. Like, ha half of the way this episode unfolds relies on Kess not remembering things happening the way they actually did. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's fucking dumb. I will say they didn't spend very much time with Neelix and Kess, like a little bit. But they, they realized that no, nobody cared about that relationship in the first place. Let's yeah, not. no no one wants to see that. Like, And she had a nice couple of moments where Neelix is coming on a little too strong and she's got to pretend to be interested. Yep. Because she's a time traveler and she's here on a mission, but she's got to blend in. But mm -hmm. I chose to believe real Kess would have reacted that way too. Oh, oh you, you made me dinner? Great. Great. There's a there's a scene where she's in their quarters and he's got the fucking dinner all set up and just hey, just left her a note like hey in case you're hungry I put some fucking disgusting hair in the microwave you just got to put two or whatever and she smashes the whole thing up and I'm like yes this is the correct reaction to dinner with Neelix yeah this isn't evil cast this is just this is what you would have done in the normal timeline yeah yeah no it's it's a super passive aggressive thing she says I don't want dinner thanks <laughs> then he says. Well, I took a couple hours and made you dinner anyway, so maybe you could eat it. Ugh. Damn it. Maybe you could shut up. Yeah. Speaking of Neelix, that's my, my quote. <clears throat> Relates to when they go back and they're talking to Neelix about uh, uh, some custom uh, dishes he could make. Yes. And Tom suggests this. You know, Neelix, if you want to put your own stamp on it, maybe you should give it your own name. Like, 
the Greasy Neelix. Which I, I just I want to bring Greasy Neelix into our uh, into our lexicon. I feel like that's, that's a very useful term. Just running through the halls Neelix. like a greasy like a greasy Neelix. Oh, that, that greasy Neelix really hit my stomach bad. Is oh god, going right through me. Oh, horrible! <laughs> Simply <laughs> horrible. I'm all vaselined up, just running down the ah! corridors of Voyager. I'm a greasy ne- Neelix. You're never gonna catch me. <laughs> there he goes. All right. Anything else about Fury? Oh, I forgot my good thing. Oh, of course. Uh. So it occurred to me as I watched past Harry in this episode that in six years he has accomplished absolutely nothing. <laughs> the other characters have developed, found real lives. Even Chuck goes got to have sex with Janeway that one time, but nothing. Nothing has happened in the life of Harry Kim in six years. And that, dear listeners, that made my heart soar as if lifted by a thousand doves with balloons. It was beautiful. Never amounted to anything. That, that's not exactly keeping in the spirit of the good thing, but I'll allow it. I disagree. Fill me all with right. warmth as I, I just, I, I'm looking at it. There's a scene where they're all sort of together in like the conference room or whatever. And I'm just sort of looking at him and just like, this is the best you'll ever do, Harry. Yeah, I mean. You never get, you never do any better. Kes also, going, you'll be dead three times. Kes going back in time five or six years, you, 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 like. Each other character clearly has something that sets them apart. This is mm-hmm. me five years ago. I am different. And Harry's exactly the same. Yep. Like the doctor is still sort of that the young, like less animated doctor who's like trying to find a name for himself. And mm-hmm. Kate's got her hair up and is a little more stiff and so yep. forth. And Blana uh, and uh, Paris aren't together or whatever. Right. And Blana's hair looks less crimpy because mm-hmm. she's getting crimpy. Oh man, that she loves crimps, man. Yeah, just every season they they think they're they think they're sneaking this bias, but I no, I see. We're watching. We got our eye on you, Voyager. We kind of have to, and we know like, all about the crimps. Like I know Tidro is our resident hair expert, but uh, it, this is so bad that I noticed it. So, all right, Tidro, resident hair expert. I thought Brian was our regular was our, our hair expert. No, no, we talked about this last week. That's the thing she notices the most. Ah. is the is the character's hair. Like, that's pretty much her only defense with Harry is she likes his hair. Uh, all right. You don't remember Harry that Harry Kim. That was, that was a week ago. Mm, no, I don't remember that. Okay, I don't listen to us. Come on. Yeah. What are you, crazy? All right. Pushing forward now to Lifeline. Tell us what happens in Lifeline, Matt. All right. So thanks to the work of former hologram fucker Reg Barkley, Voyager can now send and receive a monthly message from Earth. Good for them. Seriously, I don't know if it's Stockholm Syndrome or what, but this feels like a really huge and kind of nice victory for the Voyager crew. Good for them. Also, the Doctor gets a message from Barkley that his creepy creator slash Julian Bashir ratter outer, Louis Zimmerman, is dying of molecular degradation. So, melting? I guess he's melting. The Doc thinks he can figure out a cure and request Janeway send him to the Alpha Quadrant instead of the crew's letters to home. That's fine, I guess. It's not like Harry's mom needs to know how much of a disappointment he continues to be. Pro tip, he is a massive disappointment. <laughs> and the children's letters to Santa Claus can probably wait another month. So the doc gets beamed light years across the universe and finally meets with his dying creator, who is a massive, throbbing, dying dickhead. Which we knew from that DS9 episode that he was in, but whatever. So the doc can't cure Zimmerman because Zimmerman doesn't trust a Mark I hologram, which is dumb because who trusts Sandy Dick to make them feel better? <laughs> Noticing the friction, Reg does what he always does when he's out of his depth. Calls Counselor Troy on the Enterprise so that she can slink in in her insurrectionary uniform. I was hoping he'd call just in time for her to be able to walk right out of Nemesis, but no such luck. She eventually finds some common ground between the two Picardos by sabotaging the EMH and forcing Zimmerman to fix it. And then they have a father and son bonding moment and the Doctor beams back to Voyager. Also, an iguana features heavily. That is, that is, a, that is an accurate statement. Mm-hmm. That's not just a wacky punchline, and iguana does indeed feature heavily. Well, there'll be no iguana at all. <laughs> Alexander has dishonored his family by stealing a plastic <laughs> iguana. Uh, still sad that never actually showed up in the show. Yeah, it did though. Like we we declared oh, that it did. Like like I'm not going back, Jim. So now it's canon. Yep. As far as we know, just like Armus sounds like this now. He does. Hey guys. Alexander has dishonored his family by stealing a small <laughs> plastic lizard. And I should know because I embody the concept of dishonor. <laughs> by being evil. Uh. I'm the skin of dishonor. Bleh. So, 
I'm going to go to my bad thing here. This, this is just sort of kicks us off here. Sure. I, I wanted to like this episode. I did. Like, it's, it's, I like that change of pace thing. I like shifting to Barkley that last time, even though I, I'm not a huge fan of Barkley. Sure. But this was so completely by the numbers. Son shows up to save father. Father's disappointed in son. Father refuses help from son. Father and son put aside differences. <sighs> Damn it, Voyager. You had all the pieces of a good episode here. You even got Marina Sirtis back for no apparent reason. And this half-hearted effort is all you could imagine, you could manage. Like, none of this felt like there was anything new or interesting about the characters. It was just the same father-son story I have seen 10 hundred billion trillion times. Yeah. Uh, I like this episode. I'm gonna, I said that at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, and you did. I, I, I like this episode a lot. You are completely right. Like the thing is, by the numbers is okay if 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 the writing within each scene and and the performance is good enough to overpower that. It's like we kind of said before. Like I'm I'm willing to overlook a dumb premise just like I'm willing to overlook a, a cliched story setup mm-hmm. if the episode itself is good. I didn't feel like it overpowered that. You did, so yes. that's that's kind of where we disagree. I I got a lot of flashbacks to the uh, Data Lord Soong episode. Oh, absolutely, of TNG. Which yeah. it was clearly referencing, yeah. But uh, no, I like this one a lot. I like watching uh, the Doctor, who I like, play off of Zimmerman, who I fucking hate. <laughs> but hate again, hate in that Kai Win way of a character you love to hate. Oh yeah, totally. Not hate as in I wish this character wasn't on the show, like Harry Kim. Yeah. Okay. But I can shake my fist at him and just be all like, "You son of a bitch! You really fucked Bashir over." <laughs> Still mad about that, huh? A little bit, yeah. Okay. See, I think Bashir had it coming because he was keeping an illegal secret, but that's, you know. Yeah, but I like Bashir, so I don't care what he gets up to in uh, that, his spare That's time. fair. No, this guy was a jerk to Lita. Oh. Who oh, didn't have it coming. Oh, I forgot that's, about that. That's why I don't like him. Bashir kind of had it coming. Oh. This guy just outed him, whereas s- uh, <laughs> he was just a jerk to Lita for no reason at all. You son of a bitch. Yeah. She it is perfect. Matter. Remember her sad little whimper? Yeah. When she was sad, yeah. Just put out one lip. Yeah. Adore. Oh, man. I miss Deep Space Nine. I watched a bit of it. I think I mentioned this recently. I watched yeah. a bit. Uh, oh, the the Facebook on this day thing pops up, and it said uh, we started the season six premiere of DS9 this, you know, like two weeks mm-hmm. ago or whenever it was. I was like, ooh, I like that run of episodes. Let me watch that again. You know, that like five or six arc. Oh, sure. That, that leads you into the sixth season where they're getting the station back. And I watched all that again. And it just like, oh, man, it's fucking great. Yeah, I that this is it was even in that sweet spot where I didn't hate Rom, like literally everything about it. I liked. Yep. But yeah, this episode, I feel like, OK, why was Barkley there? Why was yeah. fucking Deanna there? Yeah. Like, let's 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 unpack this. I don't understand why Barkley and Deanna have become like the go to for when Voyager is calling home. Like, well, we get a couple of these episodes the- now. They're they're the like they're the actors that are willing to come back. I guess that's true. And at this point in in Voyager, like in production terms, for the audience's sake, these are the characters we've established as equaling home. Mm-hmm. So that's I mean I get that. And Barkley's on the project to contact them, so he makes sense at least. But yeah, yeah. I don't understand why he knows and has this weird friendship with Zimmerman, other than the fact that he likes holograms. Yeah, this guy's whole deal is that he built the, the EMH, and yeah. he's a hologram guy. Like, yeah. okay, but so? <laughs> like, there's a scene where he's doing his will, and he basically is leaving everything to Barkley, and I'm like, why? I mean, I know you don't like anybody, but... They did They did actually touch on that, because my original note was, uh, does this guy have friends who aren't holograms? And then he actually said, it's one of those times where I call it out, and then the mm. episode calls it out, and I'm like, okay, you guys, you guys get points for that. Like, yeah. I was about to criticize you, and you caught it. So mm. good. And and he's because he has the realization where he's like, is Reg Barkley literally the only person I talk to who isn't a hologram? That is very sad. Oh, oh, I don't get why Barkley's his friend, but I do get why this guy. I, mean, like, I, I like that part. Why of, Barkley has any friends at all. Honestly, I, well, but yeah, but I like that Zimmerman like that's a good take on the character is that he's mm-hmm. so engulfed in his work and he's such a dick. <laughs> Jane Way even says, yeah, I saw him at a lecture. He called me Captain Jane. <laughs> Tell him Captain Jane says hi. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to figure at this point in her career, she's a captain. Yep. It's not like she's a, a tiny cadet and, oh, he disrespected me, whatever. No, she's at the top of her game and deserves yep. a, a modicum of respect. And he's just calling her Captain Jane. Mm, I don't really have time for a modicum of respect. No. You'll have to a, make do with none. Not even a sous No. 
You get none. <laughs> you get none. You lose. Good day, sir. Yeah. But no, I like I like sad old man Zimmerman. I I guess I don't know. It felt a little like, you know, all those times Shatner wanted to play against himself. Yep. It felt like that. It felt a little too hammy to me. It felt like because it even said story by Robert Picardo. Yeah, of course. No, he definitely came in and was like, I have an idea for how I can play myself or how I can play two people. Yeah. And I I mean, he acted incredibly well. It's like we said in the previous episode, playing the two guys as two very distinctive guys. He Mm -hmm. 100% pulled that off. And Zimmerman in particular, like not just his um, like just the fact that he's angry and he carries himself differently, but even to the point of giving him a slightly different accent, like just just subtly. But I like it like like. The doctor is more sort of crisp and talks like this. And Zimmerman's kind of more drags his, you know. Why you want to come around here so much, doctor? Right. You're not even a good hologram anymore. Like, I like that. Get out of here. It's good acting. But on the other hand, this kind of plays into my kind of getting tired of the doctor shtick thing. Yeah, no, I can completely understand that. Bit too much Picardo. And I wish I didn't feel that way because I do really like Robert Picardo. Mm -hmm. But I'm just... They're running his two or three things into the ground, and, and at this stage, this is not the best time to give me double the Picardo. Yeah. That's all well, I'm on, saying. On the plus side, they at least took his singing away from him. That, true. L- literally seven removed it from the program. That's actually my good thing. They're like, okay, we have a very limited like bandwidth to send you back. we got to take out all this shit that doesn't matter and just send the essence of you. Mm-hmm. So this has to go. This has to go. The singing definitely has to go. How does that make you a better doctor? Gone. And I like that. I like his little realization, too, when he's like, he's hanging out doing work or whatever, and he just starts humming to himself, and then he realizes he can't. Right. Like, he just sort of shuts off, and he's like, hey, hey, how come I can't sing anymore? I shut it off. Well, fucking turn it it back on. Now, I do like the fact that they can contact home now, like, once a month is the thing. Yeah. Because you still have the basic premise of the show. You still have Voyager stranded without help. Mm. You, they can't get reinforcements. They can't get anyone to repair the ship if, if anything goes really bad. But now they can call home occasionally. That's a nice incremental step. Yeah. Like, it, it, it was like when they made that first phone call home. And I'm like, oh, good for them. Nice yeah, job. Now, now home knows they're not dead. That's the yeah. first step. And the second step is every now and then you can send more information. But that said, really, you can't send letters and the doctor. Like, I don't get how they can send the doctor. That doesn't make a lick of sense to me. But beyond that i don't understand how they can send the doctor and just not have him on the show we talked about this the last time yeah they did why don't they just make a like, copy yeah it's he's software a computer program he's not like he's not a man they're shoving down like up an invisible pipe that goes to the the alpha quadrant the thing it, they're treating it like he's beaming uh-huh. and we've talked about this a little when you beam you are sending a copy and destroying the original yes in this case to make it work like beaming you would have to deliberately destroy the original mm-hmm Like, they would have to, okay, we've sent him, now we better kill this doctor or else something bad happens. I shrug, whatever. But it it feels like they would have to deliberately create that extra step for some reason. Mm -hmm. It's weird. Instead of just not doing that. Yeah, I don't, okay. I mean, I get that it creates the Jeopardy, except we know he's going back, so there's no Jeopardy there. Yeah, this episode doesn't have Jeopardy in it. Uh, there, There is a little... They could kill Zimmerman. That is a that is a legitimate. We don't know. Like that is an unknown to that, the audience. That is true. You got me there. He that that should be mostly what's at stake. Does he save him or doesn't he? And we don't know because they could kill him off. It doesn't affect the show at all. Mm-hmm. So that that's fine. Like there is some good like stakes there because they got someone they can kill off if they want. But I don't know. I don't. I don't get why they can send the doctor, but they can't send some text. You know yeah, what I mean? Fucking, it's like, the smallest file. Yeah. I mean, everyone gets to write a paragraph home, let's say. You yeah. get 500 words or something. Like, that's all you get. But have the doctor memorize them and send him. You know what I mean? Like, it just, they don't, they're not really comparable. Yeah. And I'm not getting into the nuts and bolts of how, like, how the technology works. I don't care about that. It, but <laughs> it is a self-aware hologram versus some text. I, I know enough about computers to know that they, they are very different kinds of data. One is very big and one is very small. <laughs> ah, anyway. He should just show up holding piles of letters. <laughs> I mean, in my mind, he would just remember them all, but it is much funnier your way. Yes. And they don't even give him a sack. He's got to carry all the letters like under his arm and like they're falling down. And yeah. For yeah some I've got a letter one. here from uh, Naomi Wildman. It says, I don't know anyone here and I don't care about you. <laughs> Isn't her Love dad Naomi the Alpha Wildman. Quadrant? 
Sorry? Her, her dad's in the Alpha Quadrant. I guess that's true. He, I mean, she's never met him. but No. So she doesn't know him. But There's also a finger painting of a kitty. <laughs> and well, that would be from Harry. <laughs> um, what was your good thing? Uh, Marina Sirtis, while being completely unnecessary in the episode, uh, was really nice having her show up and uh, she was good in the episode. Yeah, although there was a bit where she just ate chocolate ice cream because well, yeah, Troy got a Troy. Yep, yep. No, it was good to see her. What I didn't get was okay. I, I I'm willing to accept for the purposes of this episode that Barkley is friends with Zimmerman. We already mm-hmm. talked about that. It's a little weird, but okay, fine. But then he needs psychiatric help. We have this complicated psychiatric father son thing going on here. Let me call Deanna to just leave the Enterprise. And she even says, if Captain Picard says it's okay, I'll be yeah, there. Like, she's on the on Enterprise. Mi- we're on a mission. Ah, you're always on a mission. Yeah, but she's yeah, clearly on active week. duty. Last time they made a point of saying we're between assignments. No problem helping you out, Reg, in my spare time. Yeah. But now she said, I'm on the Enterprise. Captain Picard has to give his okay for me to leave. Yeah, please come here and diagnose a friend of a patient. Mm-hmm. Like, what? That, what? Ugh. Ah. I mean, you're right. It's great to see her. It is always great to see her. She's mm-hmm. she's that character we wanted to like for nine tenths of next end. She just started getting good and left. So anytime yep. she comes back is is nice. But you know, I'm back, she Reg. <laughs> she actually kind of forgot the accent for yep. a couple of lines. I noticed she she turned just full on British. Yep. Which you know. Let me talk to Captain Picard and see what we I've, can uh, do. Ca- sorry, Picard. 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 Maybe I can take a runabout. <laughs> Do they have those? I mean, I got to assume by now they've had they have them. Like, mm. they're um, not much bigger than shuttles. I, I thought they only went to stations, though. Was the thing I thought like well, they maybe. didn't they didn't give them to ships. I I don't actually know. Uh, what was your bad thing? Uh, uh, there's a moment in this episode where Janeway worries about sending messages home about one Voyager's casualties and. To the status of the Maquis that is never, and neither of those is ever actually followed up on. It's oh, yeah, some admiral specifically asks for that stuff. Yeah, the entire episode is set on Earth, and then about the the halfway point, we cut back to Voyager, and Jane was just like, talking to Chicote and just like, <clears throat> yeah, I gotta send, like, all this information to this admiral and, like, tell him what's been going on and everything. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we never get back to that, and I was kind of really interested in what was what they were gonna what they were gonna do. Yeah, about they were that. setting up an interesting B plot. Like, okay, well, while we got this story going on in the Alpha Quadrant, we we are also dealing with this message back and forth thing. So let's make the B plot about that. But then, yeah, you're right; it doesn't go anywhere. Like, it'd be re- like as far as Star as Starfleet knows, like you know, we've just got these Maquis guys hanging around. She did. They have already talked to them, and they like Earth knows that the Maquis guys are serving with them. Mm-hmm. Like, that that much is already known, so that won't be a surprise. But, like, I would love if, the if like, they had even done something, like, where the Admiral's like, yeah, no, you know, they're going straight to prison when they get home. Yeah, I get you're doing what you need to do to get home. You need extra hands to, to stroke the oars, but when you get back here, they're going to jail. You got, like, you guys have Chakotay. He was, like, the leader of that cell. Like, there's no yep. way he's not going to be, he's not spending the rest of his life in a prison cell. Plus, the, the like, half the Federation is demanding, like, some kind of justice, and since the Dominion killed all the other Maquis, mm-hmm. we need somebody to put in jail. These are the only ones left. Yeah. So there's also that. No, we pulled out a we pulled out a noose. We haven't had one of those in a long time. Yeah, and then the Dominion went and killed them all, and we couldn't use the noose. And it's like we're yeah. going to use this noose. We're real mad. Yeah. We're going to hang see- somebody. Damn it. Do you want to see the noose? I have it here. No, I think that's all right. No, I got it right here. See, it's it. Yeah, that's a real nice noose. Uh, you can probably put it away now. <sighs> Sorry, Deck Six, you can't talk to your moms. The Admiral had to show me some rope. <laughs> Bandwidth is very limited, Admiral. My parents are getting a divorce, and I had to look at a rope for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, you're right, though, that it is an interesting potential thing that is just dropped. Yeah. And maybe they're doing that thing where they're trying to set it up for later, because this show's tried to do small amounts of serialization and done it very sure. poorly before. You remember, like... We had that one sort of def- defecting crewman calling the Kazon and like for three episodes. Sure, like the, they they very like hey DS Nine set up plots for later. Let's do it too. Only they're crappy at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and if that's the case, fine. But I mean, for this one episode where it just it was there for three seconds, and then it's like oh, back to the doctor. Yep. 
And it's just like, no, I kind of want to see more of this, man. Yeah. It what, felt like they had they, they wanted to cut back to the ship because all those guys need, you know, need work. Yeah. Which, you know, the first portion of the episode takes place on Voyager, so you already got that covered anyway. Yeah. You got the doctor begging to let her, like, to, to for her to send him back, which I... <laughs> Mm-hmm. We get into that whole area we got into last time of um, of the doctor leaving, like yeah. of, of him volu- being able to voluntarily leave. And it's like, no, He's like, oh, I'll You're be gone a month. Tom, Tom can do it. No, We're Tom not leaving can't. Tom in charge. No, Tom can fix a boo boo. He can't do surgery. What if surgery has to happen? Yeah. I mean, that's that's a, that's like technically he's the ship's surgeon. Yep. Like that is a there's a lot of things there that. uh Whatever. What if Neelix loses more of his ever-decreasing sack of organs? Yeah, we gotta put him back in the iron lung, or, or the iron heart, or whatever they steal this time. <clears throat> the iron liver. Wasn't that, uh, wasn't Tony Stark just iron liver for a while? Yeah, iron liver. Yeah. Uh, the, the whole feeling of this to me was like, um, okay, near the end of the, uh, Bruce Timm Superman animated series, mm-hmm. they clearly wanted to do Justice League. Every yes. week you had Flash showing up and Green Lantern showing up and they were clearly getting bored with Superman on the Superman show and they just wanted to move on. And it feels like that's what Voyager's starting to feel like to me is like we're focusing and we said this before, but they're focusing less and less on the core characters and like they keep bringing in other guys. Yeah, because they're running out like fucking Brandon Braga fucking says in that book. They're running out of ideas. Of course, they're bringing in new people. But like we already had a Barkley episode like Barkley and Troy episode earlier this season. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're doubling. You usually when they do these sort of one off cutaway episodes, they're like one a season. You get your Q episode one once a season. You get your Mirror Universe on DS Nine episode once a season. Like that that's that's sort of the standard for your your yeah. gimmick sort of off format episode. But here it's just ah, we'll just keep bringing them in. Whatever. No, I brought this up a couple when we they did the the episode with the three uh, washout guys. Right. Where it's like the uh, Roxanne <laughs> Roxanne. Uh, Fuck whatever the fucker real name is, Biggs Dawson. Biggs Dawson is like, yeah. When's my uh, when's my solo episode coming out for this season? Yeah, the thing about that is we didn't really write one because instead we're gonna do a couple episodes with Marina Sirtis and a couple episodes with these randos and six, seven, and nine episodes. And there's really not any room for you this year. Yeah, your name's um, not Echeb, so fuck off. What if you stood in the background and were angry? Well, it won't be hard to pretend that. <laughs> oh, she's real good. The method actor. The Roxanne Biggs Dawson sketch, everyone. <laughs> um, But yeah, it, it definitely feels like let's focus on, you know. And again, I wouldn't mind this if we hadn't just done one of these. Mm-hmm. Like if this was season seven's cut back to Barkley and Troy thing, it would have bothered me less. But, you know. Uh, What else? Yeah. Uh, oh, I liked Haley the hologram. Oh, yeah. My my thing, I didn't know she was a hologram at first. And I mean, that's an obvious twist. I don't know why I didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. But I, I just had the thought like, oh, God, being Zimmerman's assistant must be the most thankless job in the entire uh-huh. galaxy. Like, d- d- you're in Ensign Sadsack territory here. You're in like the, the, uh, the, the civilian equivalent of Ensign Sadsack. Yeah, I actually have a note here. It's just like, oh, Hannah, you poor hologram. Nobody deserves this for nine years. Yeah. You can't quit. You can't leave this room. You just have to service this horrible man. And in his will, he says, leave her on. And I I get that that's supposed to be nice. Mm -hmm. What they should have said was, give her a choice. Give her independence. Maybe she doesn't want to be left on. And now legally, she can't die. (laughs) Thanks for that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. I'll just. You've cursed me with immortality. Thank you. And and imprisoned me in this room. Yeah, the inability to leave this room because the mobile emitter is from the future. Not everyone has one of those. Yeah, almost forgot about that. Uh-huh. I mean, this shows total disregard for what a hologram is. Oh yeah, kind of leads me to forget what a hologram is. The show's version of what a hologram is is sort of a, a, a magic android made of light. Yeah, and why even bother with the light at that point? Yeah, that's not really important. Yeah. I even had a note here because uh, uh, Deanna shows up and, and somebody pinches her <laughs> to see if she's real. And like, wouldn't a hologram react when pinched? Because yeah, don't don't that, pinch me. That's how. Yeah. Ugh. Don't pinch me. I'm a hologram. There was that dumb scene where uh, the doctor comes in like disguised. 
Oh, yeah. Which is kind of lame. I'll dress up as a sexy lady to trick him. I learned this from I learned this from Bugs Bunny. Yep. Uh, what else? You who? <laughs> the thing is, I can picture Picardo waving the hanky, <laughs> batting his eyelashes, his over comically oh, oversized eyelashes. Oh God, I can see it perfectly. I, it's because Picardo has worked so much with Joe Dante, who does that kind of thing anyway. Yeah, it's very easy to picture him doing all that like Looney Tunes stuff. God damn he, it! He was in Gremlins too, which was effectively a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yep, such a great movie. Uh, yeah, it is. Um. Oh yeah, we we got, like going back to the predictable father son thing. We have a scene where he actually like the doctor actually says to Zimmerman, uh, "Just accept me for who I am," and like ugh, just. Like, that's that's the last emotional beat of that whole thing. Yep. And it's like, shut up, you're software. He's offering to upgrade you. Just let him upgrade you. Like, that's yep. not... You're not, a, you're not a person, you're a thing. And he can give you things to make you better. And you're like, no, accept me for who I am. Version 1.0. Don't make me 2.0. I don't like, know, because I, I feel like getting those upgrades would, like, get rid of some of the stuff he sort of worked towards to become more human or whatever. I, most of that is saved back on Voyager, though. I suppose that's true. So when he goes back, it'll just be incremented, like uh, implemented right back into the rest of it, right? Yeah. He'll get all his singing and bullshit back. Oh, my singing and my bullshit. <laughs> my bullshit subroutine. <laughs> oh, man, that takes up so much space on the uh, fucking hard drive. Uh, not if he wasn't on Voyager, like the EMH on most other ships. It's not having such a, you know, large uh, bullshit buffer. Well, he's on all the time, so he's constantly accruing bullshit. Yeah, and that ship is just flying through clouds of bullshit. Yep. Time clouds. Oh, Lord. Yep. There's Captain probably the an bullshit detectors off the charts. There's probably an episode called Time Cloud. <laughs> Cloud. Cloud. There's, there is an episode next week called The Haunting of Deck 12. Oh, boy. I've been waiting on that one for a long time. I can pretty much guarantee it won't be as good as I hope. <laughs> Come on, it's the haunting of Deck 12. How good By which be? I mean, I want an episode where Neelix is walking through a Deck 12, but with the lights out and cobwebs everywhere. I and see. Sometimes, sometimes an animatronic vampire jumps out at him. I want it to be a literal, like, like classic movie haunted house. That, like, creepy brown house on the hill that's got, like, all the weird outcroppings and yep. stuff. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Your classic haunted house. I wish Vincent Price had still been alive to film this episode. I think he was still around at this point. That no, was... this is, we're talking about 1997 or something, right? No, no, we're in 2000 now. Yeah, no, he was definitely dead by then. Oh, was he? His last movie, I think his last movie was Edward Scissorhands. Oh, you're right, you're right. He did die not long after that. 97? No, that was like 93. Was it really 93? Yep. Okay. That I do know. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure he was dead by this point. We're in the golden age of me working in a video store, so I'm well acquainted with the release dates of movies for, like, a five-year period. Okay, but let me ask you this. When is Street Fighter Three coming out? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got a quote for this episode? I do have a quote for this episode, which That's is Deanna... <laughs> Deanna's summing up both of the both of the Picardo characters. I came here thinking that you were opposite sides of the same coin. Identical, but different. Now I see you're both exactly the same. You're both jerks. This is true. This is absolutely true. I think I had a different one, and then I'm like, no, nah, we got Marina Sirtis. I might as well use her. Yeah, sure. I put her in the cover art last time just because yeah. it was nice to. I, maybe I'll do it again. I, I already took a screenshot of her eating chocolate ice cream. There you go. Because... Of course, she's eating chocolate ice cream. Yeah. And someone, I, I think it was either Flong or Brian, I don't remember, said, and, and Loxana is right off uh, right off frame, like, criticizing her. Yep. That's, uh... You can't see it, but she's hitting on Captain Picard, who is also there. Yes. He's, well, you can go, but I'm going with you. <laughs> I I'm want Captain to come, Picard. too. Yes. Uh, anything else? Uh, I don't think so. No. All right. Well... Uh, one more pair of episodes for season six and we're out. Yep. So we're nearing the end of Voyager. And as I said before, I do not have any kind of song prepared about my, my, the state of my mind relating to Enterprise. So don't, don't look for that. Cause I know exactly what I'm getting from Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> I wanted to throw in a quick plug. Um, the Emerald City Comic Con, which, uh, I thought we would not be involved with this year. Uh, for quite some time, to the point where Matt, unfortunately, could not take off time work uh, from work to be there. Yeah, sorry. 
uh, let us know sort of at the 11th hour that we could, in fact, be there, which is mm-hmm. good news uh, for the show. Bad news for Matt, who who can't be there. But I will be there. Uh, I have a table in the podcast zone that they have newly created this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it's there's just only... a big meat locker that they shove all the podcasters in. Yeah, basically. Um, but uh, I don't have the table number offhand, but it's it's a it's a fairly like there's only a few podcasts in there, so we would be pretty easy to find. Uh, and on uh, Thursday, uh, the first day of the con, Thursday, March second, we're actually doing a panel, which is a comedy live show. And again, Matt unfortunately cannot uh, cannot be in attendance because of the aforementioned eleventh hour. Uh, yes, I did write thing. for some. I did write for some of it though. Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, he, he will be there in spirit. Uh, Literally, wanna... I will be a ghost in the corner standing next to Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> the the haunting of Emerald City 2017. <laughs> uh, but we will, if, if you are in Seattle for Emerald City Comic Con, uh, come come see me in the uh, podcasting area. Come see uh, the uh, the live show on, on Thursday. Uh, should be a good time. I will have our episode guides there for sale if you'd like them. Uh, I, I will have probably my Captain Kirk puppet there. Will, like I'm, I'm sort of pushing shilling for everything, like all the different podcasts and stuff that we make, but, uh, but there will definitely be pa stuff there. So, uh, mm-hmm. and, and several of our, uh, regular guests will also be there. Amanda will be around and Tidra will be around and Bob. So like, uh, if you want to meet them, that's also a yeah. thing. So I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to think of ways this relates to pa cause it's some pa and some other things, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be there with, with episode guides and such. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, mm-hmm. But until then, uh, see you, folks. The Post Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're 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 still just doing this.